Hello and welcome to Say When, a geeky podcast. It's the 24th of June, 2018, and this is episode 11. We are going to be talking about Deadpool today. I'm Sally. And I'm Melissa. Um, I want to welcome Frankie back to the podcast. Hi, Frankie. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me back. Hey, Frankie. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) So, um... Let me just say this. We are recording the podcast in a little bit of a challenging weather situation. So if we have any technical difficulties, please forgive us. But other than that, we're safe and sound. Frankie, what's been keeping you busy these days? Uh, My three boys. We just got back from Washington, D.C. for the weekend. Kind of explored the Smithsonian, the mall, that whole bit. It was a lot of fun. Great. Great. Cool. All right. Melissa, what are you doing up to? Well, you should know, you just saw me this weekend. I did, I did. (laughs) So that was nice to have you visit. And other than that, I was uh, recently watched Montfort, which I don't know if you're familiar with that movie. Mm -mm. It was written and directed by Lawrence Kasdan. I'm pretty sure you know who that is. Yes, I do. Frankie, do you know who Lawrence Kasdan is? Uh, No. You don't? Well, he wrote uh, Solo, The Force Awakens, Uh, The Empire Strikes Back, The Return of the... Well, he was a writer on The Return of the Jedi. So, uh, Mumford, if you... Have you ever seen Mumford, Frankie? No, I haven't. It's very much a love story. Oh, he'd hate it. Uh, (laughs) He'd hate it. No, 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 no. I enjoy love stories. That are supposed to be love stories. I enjoy action films that are supposed to be action films. I do not enjoy action films that end up being a love story. There you go. Sweet mother of God, someone (laughs) stabbed me in the neck. Put Uh, me out of my misery. Go ahead, Melissa. Well, I brought this up because of the fact that he was a writer on Solo. And I know we wanted to talk a little bit about Solo before we get into the meat and potatoes today. So. We've decided not to do a podcast about it, but what are your thoughts on Solo, Sally? You know what? We have a guest. Let him go first. Frankie, tell us what you thought of Solo. Solo was very all right. Very all right. <laughs> it was a solid C. I, it a was solid a sol- C. Oh. Wow. It was. It In was other words, the credit will transfer. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, the credit would transfer. I'm not. I mean, I I would have liked actually. It's, it's, I would have liked more action. It just seemed like because we know the character Han Solo. Mm-hmm. So actually, some of the backstory was fine. I don't know. It was it was fine. It was, but it, to me, if, if you have Han Solo as your character draw as your character. You have Han Solo to work with. You're not working with All Right. You're working with Han Solo. It should have been more. And that's kind of what, you know, the feeling I got of a lot of people. You know, one of my, a, a, a friend we both, Paul, who we mentioned before. Bless his you heart. Know, he could, yeah, bless his heart. And he, <laughs> Hi, Paul. He, he, I'm staying you know, out he, of this one. You refer to Solo. He's like, why do they make you uh, essentially a Disney princess staring into the stars? He oh wants to God, run away with his dream girl. Well, revert back to the writer. Oh, my <laughs> so, God. And, and that's what I said. Like, 
you said before that it's supposed to be a straight up heist movie. You said that, Sally. No, and I said I thought it would be a heist film. I didn't. I don't, it was a heist, but, but it wasn't a heist movie. I thought it was a heist I movie. I love you. I'll come back for you. I'm going to steal a ship for you. At the end of the movie, I'm good. Okay, yeah, I'm just going to grab these jewels. You go ahead without me. She's not going ahead. So, I mean, it was fine. I, I enjoyed a lot of it. I, you know, I enjoyed the whole Castle Run bit. Um, you know, free and Chewbacca. That's okay. Actually, I'm going to pause on Chewbacca. Chewbacca eats people. Is that really so far fetched? No, it's not. But anyway, go ahead. Come on. They, they, they didn't make Chewbacca like a cannibal. No, he's okay. not a cannibal. That's okay, different. okay. Here's the thing. Species. He's still eating a sentient being. We don't go around eating sentient beings. Oh yeah, I'm sure there's people out. Well, <sighs> cultured beings. Who are like, uh, how's this? We don't eat anything else that has developed another civilization. Well, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> well, we just we said we weren't going to do a podcast on Solo, but uh, go ahead, Sally. What are your thoughts? And then we're going to move along because we could talk about this all night and day. Okay, so I thought if we must give grades, I would say that Solo is around a 90, so an A-. minus. Um I would say that I enjoyed Chewbacca because in this film, Chewbacca gets to be a little bit more of his own character. You see that he has his own, his own agenda, if you will, like when they're at Kessel and he sees the Wookiees that are held in slavery and he wants to go save them. And Han Solo's like, no, we need, and then Han's like, no, wait, you know what? you do you and I'll go do this. And I really appreciated that, like seeing this side of Chewbacca, which is not a side that we really kind of see because to be, to be honest, from my perspective, it seems like in the other parts of uh, the Star Wars universe, Chewie kind of comes off as a man and his dog almost. You know, you just don't see... Chewie have his own separate agenda, and I thought it was really cool to see Chewie's agenda, which of course is actually saving Wookiees and others that are being oppressed. So I appreciated that. And the other one of the other things that I really enjoyed um, about Chewie, he actually did rip the arms off of someone, and so now we get why in. Star Wars, Han Solo says, oh, if you if you push a Wookiee, he'll rip the arms off the person who's winning the game, right? So I really enjoyed seeing uh, Chewie actually rip someone's arms off, which was also a scene that they deleted from The Force Awakens. He ripped off Uncar Plot's arm um, in The Force Awakens in a deleted scene. So I enjoyed that about uh, Chewie. With regards to Han Solo, I thought that they gave a decent backstory for Han Solo because you sort of get why he has this reaction that he does to Princess Leia. 
because he's been hurt before and all that stuff and now he's now we see sort of where that comes from because when we meet Han Solo initially he's 29 years old 30 years old and you know, why is he kind of embittered and now we know and I liked Kira as a character like, no she doesn't come out and we knew as an audience that she wasn't going to follow him but what I enjoyed about Kira was that she was a strong female character who made the decision on her own to do what she was going to do. And, and she, I think felt like she had thrown her light in with Crimson Dawn and that was the way she was going to go. So I, I, I liked it and I will own it. And, and my girls have seen it actually. And they love Kira, which I thought was kind of cool. And and the other thing is, we actually see Han, Shula, Han Solo shoot first. And that was completely in character for Han Solo. So, yeah, I thought it was a good backstory for Han Solo. And I would say that it's a shame that, that it's so divisive. But, you know, everything is going to be divisive, I guess, in a movie fandom like Star Wars, where people feel very passionately about their perceptions of the characters and the characters' backstories. So, that's what I think. Oh, one more thing. Han Solo is the anti-DJ. He is the anti-DJ. Like, DJ is the one in The Last Jedi who says, Finn, let me learn you something big. There's no good guys and bad guys. It's just what you call them. And when they get caught, he sells them out in The Last Jedi. Well, Han Solo doesn't sell them out, right? And he wouldn't sell them out. Because in the end, Kira says to Han Solo, I'm the only person in here who knows what you really are. And Han's like, yeah, what's that? And she's like, you're one of the good guys. And that tells us everything we need to know about Han Solo. And I think it's epic. So, yeah, I liked it. And that'll stop there. All right. So, Ten minutes later. <laughs> it's my podcast, too. And if We're I'm not, not going to do a podcast about Solo. We're only ten minutes, fifteen seconds in. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> I kid. I kid. All right. Well, so obviously we have a shining endorsement from Sally. We have a meh from Frankie. And um, I enjoyed it. I kind of, I think Frankie and I are of the same mind. We are okay with going to the movies and seeing a movie that's not a love story. It every movie it. doesn't have to be a love story for me. They um, don't I, have to be a love story for me either, but I don't have a problem if there's love in a movie that has other I things. Either, but I did, I did kind of go to Solo expecting to see a heist film, and it was kind of surprising to see that it really was a love story. But um, things I liked about it really, really quickly possible female Sith. Awesome. And um, also female droid. Awesome. And I'm just going to leave it at that because you guys pretty much summed up everything else. So let's move into something else and away from Solo. How about uh, some quick news and notables? Uh, Frankie, have you heard of the Happy Time Murders movie that's coming out? No. But it sounds <laughs> like it. It's got a great title. <laughs> it is... Um, it claims to be the first R-rated Muppet film, but I'm not usually like... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I did, see, I did see the commercial for that. It looks awesome. Yeah, it looks hilarious. 
So not the type of movie you want to take your kids to, even though it is a Jim Henson Company production. But it looks like a lot of raunchy humor is fun, which is kind of a good news and notable to open up our meat and potatoes Deadpool um, movie podcast. So I'll probably be seeing that. Will you, you think you'll go see it in the theater or wait for it to come out on DVD? Oh, I'll go see it. Yeah. Sally? Uh... <laughs> that's a no. <laughs> All right. So that's... And then also finally saw Overboard, mm-hmm. which was really cute. And it didn't take anything away from the first one for me. It, I really enjoyed it. So Let me say this. These remakes, they're great. But... Just because they remake a movie, it doesn't have to kill people's childhoods. You know what I mean? It doesn't have to be, oh, this is changing I'm the whole thing. I'm not sure how many people actually, like, watched Overboard as a child. and But, yeah, I get what you're saying. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm hearkening back to the whole Ghostbusters remix, right? Where they had an all-female cast and you saw just the outrage of oh my god they're killing my childhood because they remake ghostbusters with women and i'm just like are you kidding they also had chris hemsworth in it that was like they could do no wrong oh wait he was he was in that oh i have to go see him (laughs) (laughs) objectification at its (laughs) so yeah any news and notables from you guys anything that you saw recently or that's out currently that you want to talk about Everything I've got Star Wars, so let's not talk about it. Frankie? <laughs> um, you know, it's just the start of the summer season for me, so I do want to see the, the Muppet movie. Uh, and it's, you know, talking about remakes, I've actually thought about a lot of times, why hasn't there been a, a Magnum P.I. movie yet? Why, Gremlins again. In there, I think, Gremlins! Yes, I think there maybe was talk about that, like doing one. But aren't they coming out with another yeah. television show, Magnum P.I., though? Aren't they coming out with a are reboot they? on TV? I think they really? are. I think they are. I could have made that up. I We're going have... to do some research on both of those because I agree. But, but those there, would be great remakes. There is one more thing, though, that we have not talked about recently. Ant-Man and the Wasp is coming out July 6th. Oh, yeah, I'll yeah. definitely be at that. And yeah. I have got to see that. And I'm curious. I've got some students that were floating theories about how they're going to undo the Infinity War stuff. And someone was talking about this quantum something or other that they have in Ant-Man and the Wasp. So I'm wondering if they're going to add to the canon for, for Marvel in terms of how they might fix the, fix the very messy ending of Infinity War. Interesting. So, I think a lot of, so one of the things that will be great, and this is, you know, is if, if Disney can pull off buying Fox, they get the X-Men universe. Because in the original X-Men, you know, in the original Infinity War, there's X-Men. There's, you know, there's Fantastic Four. So mm-hmm. if you can slow things down a little bit till this buyout happens, you can bring the X-Men and the Avengers in all at one time. Oh, my gosh. That would be so overwhelming. want to talk about a messy movie. No. I don't know. That would be awesome. It'd be epic. It'd be amazing. That way you get that way you unite the universe. That'd yeah. be a great way to unite the universes. Yeah. Okay, sure. We'll go with that. 
<laughs> You're outvoted, Sally. It's fine. Yeah. It's fine. It's fine. It's whatever. I'm just All saying right. that's a massive cast. That would be a massive oh, yeah. cast. I mean, you wouldn't even have to do, like, where you, like, they start, like, just as, like, so, like, as they, you know, everybody who comes walking out of, like, this, you know, glass color, you know, or mirrored pool, like, mirrored reflection, you can see all the Avengers walk out saved. Then you can see as the, after all the Avengers come walk out, say all the X Men come walk out saved, and then all the Fantastic Four have Daredevil off to the side. You know, you could do this whole crazy thing, like like have everybody just walk out, and then in the movie that and that be it. <laughs> Everybody's back alive, and then you just give them the sprinkling like here is the whole Marvel universe because the Marvel universe isn't in one house, right? Mm-hmm. And so if you could put them, if you could. If they could, you know, if Disney could buy Fox and put everything in one house, that'd be awesome. It would be awesome. I agree. I think that would be a little overwhelming, but hey, if anybody can do it, Disney can do it. All right. Well, let's get into the meat and potatoes, shall we? Yes. All right. So we're doing Deadpool 2 today, which Sally hasn't seen. Oh, um, gosh. I know lame but anyway so frankie's going to help us fill in the gaps and we can't really talk about deadpool 2 without doing a little synopsis of the original deadpool because deadpool 2 is basically a continuation of the original can can, um, can i say this yes um maybe i should synopsize deadpool 1 because i have very little to say going forward and then that will leave the two of you to do deadpool 2 all right, sounds I, like a plan. <laughs> Go for it. Okay, so here's my very short, um, very short synopsis of Deadpool one. So we meet Deadpool. He is ex special forces assassin type, correct? Mm-hmm. And he falls in love with yes, it's a love story. It's fabulous. He falls in love with the hostess of a strip club. Is that about right? And uh, they have sex everywhere at all different times. (laughs) And then he finds out he has a very nasty case of cancer. He's going to die. And he breaks up with her because he doesn't want her to see him, you know, waste away and and die. And so he seeks alternate cures. And in doing that, he gets, after a series of quite a bit of um, torture, he gets his mutant genes activated correct mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but it ruins the way he looks because he looks like a he pockmarked victim of the Hamburger plague face. yeah mm-hmm. he looks like Freddy he Kruger. had he looks like he had <laughs> smallpox or something maybe freddy krueger-esque and mm-hmm. so the rest of the movie is him trying to kill the guy who did that to him and at the end he hooks back up with his girlfriend and everyone is happy la la happy happy joy joy does that cover it? and as deadpool likes to say after a movie flashback all caught up there all caught up so now we can go into deadpool 2 so if you are spoiler averse now's the time for you to skedaddle because we're going to go into detail about After we already ruined Solo for you. (laughs) Right. Sorry. We maybe should have mentioned that we were going to do some spoilers for that. But anyway, that's what our podcast is all about. We're all about spoilers, right? Yep. So, yeah. Um, So, Deadpool 2 was a much bigger budget. Twice the budget, as a matter of fact, uh, as the original 
It costs about $58 million to do the original, and Deadpool 2 was $110 million, so which basically means we saw substantially better CGI, I guess you could say. I mean, su- substantially better is subjective. But anyway, yeah. So what did you think about the CGI, Frankie? Um, it was better than the mm-hmm. first. I would agree it was better than the first. Um, costless could still be, I don't know, because like if you look, think about it to the original X-Men movie they did, it still wasn't that good of, you know, like that Colossus, Colossus looked better mm-hmm. to me than than the Deadpool. But I think they actually had to keep it toned down because it would have been too much, too much of a jump. Yeah. Yeah. You know, say, uh, From the last okay, one. He was, yeah. So in, in the X-Men movie, he was fantastic. Mm-hmm. And the first Deadpool movie, he was okay. And the second Deadpool movie, he was better. Right. So you can't, but they would have been too big of a jump to go all the way back to the first X Men movie. So, whatever, that's fine. Um, the CGI, I mean, it was actually it was funny because you know, Deadpool turns around or Ryan Reynolds he turns because we're going to see a, getting ready to see a you know CGI fight between you know Juggernaut <laughs> and Colossus, and I was like, yes. <laughs> yeah, that was really cool, and they did know what was it that I was reading about juggernaut um while you're you're thinking about that um let me ask this question did you think that in the first deadpool part of the charm was the kind of chintzy nature of it yeah yeah, did this did this double budget hurt your impression overall of the movie or do you think it was better because of the double budget or is that a bad question I don't think it was necessarily better. I think it was just as good. Like I felt like Deadpool two was just as good as the first one. How about you, Frankie? Agreed. I, you know, the, yeah, it didn't, the CGI being better didn't take away. It was fine. You know, I thought it was just as good as the first one, you know, Ryan Reynolds is the perfect person to be Deadpool is his asides or that he does back to the audience are phenomenal. It's, you know, it's great. He nails it. So I was really happy with, you know, Deadpool 2. It's a great movie. Yeah. So speaking of the CGI, there was really no mocap used for Juggernaut. Just a little bit used strictly for reference for the animators. It was all animated, which was fun. And did you know that Juggernaut was voiced by Ryan Reynolds? Oh, I did not know. I didn't pay attention to that. Yeah, yeah. So that's kind of a cool, cool little tidbit. But um, does he get paid twice for that? I don't know. I'm not sure. I didn't get into all that. But so we start out the movie though. Let's talk about. Let's go back from to the beginning. So in typical Deadpool storytelling fashion, we start out with what seems like maybe the end of the story, like a flashback. And we right. see Deadpool laying on six or more barrels of fuel. And then he flicks a cigarette into one and explodes into about eight different pieces. And surely we think this is the end of Deadpool, right? But no, apparently you can't, he's like a cockroach. You cannot kill Deadpool. So why did he blow himself up? Then we learn later the reason that he tried to kill himself is because a group of henchmen came to his apartment trying to kill him and end up killing Vanessa, which sends him off the rails. 
So how did you feel about that? Like how Frankie, whenever you saw Vanessa go down? Um, I was, well, I was, it was the trigger, right? Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, okay. So here's the trigger for the story, which, you know, it immediately feels in the background of why he's like, so his, the love of his life is dead. So there's no reason to grow on. So that immediately fills into why he's laying on six barrels of things. But, you know, you know, he has a mutant healing factor. You know, he's not going to die. You know, he's now going to go kill everybody who caused him pain. So that's kind of, you know, kind of, and it didn't, so I was fine with all of it, you know, like, oh, Vanessa's going to die. And that's fine because you need a trigger for him to be laying on the naked, you know, six, gal- you know, bar- barrels. I was fine with that. Yeah. So, Sally, you didn't see the movie, but his recovery was basically like Colossus comes in, who's voiced by Stefan Kapikik. Do you know how to say that? I don't know how to say his name. But anyway, um, he comes in and like stuffs his body parts which we don't see him doing, but we see him walking out with like a duffel bag that he's packed him into. And he takes him back to the mansion. And I can only assume that he puts him back together or maybe he grows back his body parts. We don't really see what happens. We just see him whole again at the mansion. Um, (laughs) I really kind of would have loved to have seen that. It would have been amusing, but, um, or deeply disturbing one. I don't know. <laughs> Could have either way. Did he grow an entire body the, the from his head? Part, or... The disturbing part when he was cut in half and he was growing his lower half back. That was the right. best. That was hilarious. <laughs> that scene. <laughs> oh, gosh. So funny. Oh, sweet but... heavens. <laughs> Sorry. No. Sorry, Sally. There's a... No, it's fine. Where Deadpool is essentially like he's he's been cut in half, and so he's got to grow back his lower half, and he so he's Juggernaut not wearing rips him in half. Yeah, Juggernaut rips him in half, so he's growing back the lower part of his body. It's like intestines hanging out. <laughs> yeah, but he's not wearing he's not wearing pants or anything at the same time. <laughs> you know, let me say this. See, for me, that begs an important question, like. Okay, how do they decide which have to grow back and all of this stuff? But anywho, which um, makes me really curious about how they put all these body parts together. Because you see, like his head flying, his torso, his arms, his legs—like he is completely like in like eight different different parts. So, yeah. But then again, this is Deadpool, and you're really not supposed to think too much about it. So I guess I guess don't, don't overthink this. Deadpool is a summer fun movie, right? Here. Nothing serious to hear here. Yeah. But we do... <laughs> he does tell us in the beginning of the movie that it's a family movie. He keeps... it's That's pretty hilarious, but... Yeah, that is hilarious. Because <laughs> I'm going to take my 10-year-old to see that. Right? <laughs> well... So I was kidding. all healed and better, he agrees to become an X-Men trainee finally. So he's got his jersey and everything and... He's his first call or his first assignment is to this mutant facility called the Essex Home for Mutant Rehabilitation, where he meets this boy named Russell who's outside like blowing up everything. Russell's name is also Firefist, played by Julian Dennison. So he's burning a bunch of crap and threatening to kill everyone. And Deadpool Deadpool learns that he's actually been abused by the school headmaster and the goons who's been forcibly trying to suppress his abilities, his mutant abilities. So when he learns this, 
you know, he's supposed to be acting like an X-Men, which they don't just go around killing people. But Deadpool, Deadpool learns about what he did to Russell, and he shoots one of the orderlies. And so they slap these mutant collars on him, and he goes directly to jail. He does not collect $200 to the icebox he goes. And you need to qualify the mutant collars. They 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 nullify their mutant power. So right. Mutant power, so so all of a sudden his cancer is now affecting him. Exactly. He's starting to die again. So we apparently saw these mutant. They're they're called suppression collars, uh, or mutant inhibitors, X gene inhibitors. They have like a lot of different names but we apparently saw them in one of the x-men movies but i'd completely forgotten about them do you remember seeing them in one of the previous movies seems like i do seem like cameron hodge came up with them in one of them but i can't See, I, I gave up on the x-men movies i just gave up on them because they almost always just seem so slow to me i mean i love hugh jackman and all but I just, I don't know. I probably missed yeah. some really good movies, but I did. I gave up on them, largely. So, I don't remember anything about suppression collars. So, it wasn't in one that I recall. Well, that yeah. explains how, like, these two pretty powerful mutants are detained and sent off to jail. Because, yeah. clearly, they wouldn't go to jail on their own. Well, not having not having seen where they introduced these suppression collars, that's not something that would have bothered me. Like, I wouldn't have gone out and been like, oh, they, they invented these things. It wouldn't have bothered me. I would have, I could see that being a thing, given, like, I don't know. That's just not something that would have bothered me. That doesn't seem out of universe to me. So, that makes sense. Yeah. So, while they're in jail, uh, we meet Cable, or... Josh Brolin, which we've seen a lot recently. Yes. <laughs> well, he has a multi-film uh, contract, so that's why we keep seeing him. But we think he, he appears to be the villain, but he's really not. And Is we find he an anti-hero? Mm, no, I wouldn't even call him an anti-hero. Because Deadpool's not a true hero either. Right? Well, Deadpool's just, an anti-hero too. Right. Deadpool is definitely an anti-hero, but I wouldn't call Cable an anti-hero. Right. Hmm. I mean, Deadpool's actually... Deadpool, I mean, I, I say Cable's, Cable, Cable's actually more of a true hero. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It just doesn't seem that way in the beginning because he's coming after our favorite anti-hero, or we think. Right. But really, he's not. So, he's Cable is a time traveler who's traveling back to avenge the death of his wife and daughter who were killed by Russell Firefist, who also went to jail, you know, with Deadpool. So he shows up at the prison and he, so initially Deadpool thinks he's after him, but he finds out that he is after Russell and he has like a serious Terminator vibe. Don't you think? Yeah. I wonder who came first, Terminator or Cable. Terminator came first. So the movie Cable Terminator is a knockoff. Yeah, Terminator came before. Yeah, because Terminator came out what the eighties, the early eighties. Yeah, Cable. Mm-hmm. I don't remember Cable until much later in the eighties. And because Cable, because Cable's Scott and Gene's son. Right. 
So he's a Summers. So wait, what? Cable is Scott and Jean's son. Did I hear yeah. you say that right? Or did I yeah. hear that right? Yeah, Cable's. Yeah, their kid. Because that's how Cable's daughter is also Summers. Wait, what? So, yeah, Cable is Scott's son. Okay. So, so and Cable has his own daughter who's also Summers. So, yeah, so that's when that's how that like, continuous goes. So, if you ask who came first, a Terminator, like in, in, like in stories? Mm-hmm. The story of the Terminator definitely happened before the story of the Cable. Okay. And Cable's, I, and Cable's even like a part, he's got this, it's called the Technovirus. So mm-hmm. he's got like one robot arm because he's got this virus that's slowly turning his body into a robot. Like, a, like another character called Warlock, who was in the new, the new Mutants when we were kids. See, I knew nothing about Cable before this movie, so I'm just learning a little bit. But just like the red glowing eye and the exposed robot arm. Like Jean Grey did. So the telekinesis, like Phoenix Jean Grey. He does? Yeah, but he's using most of his power to fight the Technovirus from from taking over his whole body. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah. I really want to read the comics now after watching this. Okay, so Hope... Cable's daughter is, in effect, Jean and Scott's granddaughter. granddaughter. Yeah, but pretty, that explains yeah. why she's so powerful. And one, and definitely in one, yeah, because, that, and that's going to hopefully, and that's what, yeah, because the Dark Phoenix movie that's coming out, the, the Phoenix Fowler, you know, comes into Jean Grey and makes her, like, like, she is, like, creation-level powerful. Like Galactus up there. Hmm. Wow, that's cool. I know we're getting a little bit kind of off track from the movie, but that was a name drop that we did learn in Deadpool was Hope, Cable's daughter. So that's going to be fun to see where that goes. So let's go back to where we left off. So Cable enters into the prison, and basically he and Deadpool get into this big fight which ends up with Deadpool's collar getting smashed off of him. And so his powers come back to him and he's able to really put up a legitimate fight with Cable at that point, because prior to that, he really didn't stand a chance. But basically they end up blowing each other out of the prison. And so I don't know how they got separated. I don't really remember how that happened, but Deadpool goes off and assembles the X-Force, which is hilarious. <laughs> so the X-Force, which he plans to, he's putting together to stop Cable and uh, who do we have? We have Zazie Beats, who's Domino, and her superpower is that she's lucky. Like That is a, that is a nifty superpower to have, I'm just saying. Apparently... Because that would be nifty. It works really well for her in the end. And then we have Bill Skarsgård as Psychgeist. And his power is acidic vomit. That's disgusting. <laughs> but um, Terry Crews as Bedlam. And he has legit powers. He has 
like the ability to scan and perceive existing energy fields and to scramble the human brain and neural chemistry, um, disable any EM powered equipment. Like he has legit powers. And then we have Rob Delaney as Peter who has no powers. He just basically is like, I thought this would be fun. And they're like, sure. High five. Let's go join the team. Okay. Another so. Peter. In the Marvel Universe, another Peter? Yeah, like we didn't have enough yeah. Peters. But Peter's awesome. Peter's, Make somebody a Paul or something. He's just you like know. your average Joe who gets to join in on the team. How fun for him. All right. It sounds kind of deadly, actually. But anywho, moving along. Well, you would think. But Louis Tan as Shatterstar. And then we see or don't see this character, the Vanisher. And we're not exactly sure if he's even really there because he's invisible. And so he assembles this whole crew and they go out to try and break, what was it to break fire fist out? Yeah. Cause remember they were, they were transporting the prisoners away because, because of the fight and it had destroyed most of the prison. Mm-hmm. They're going to try to break, you know, they have to move him to a different facility. And so they're going to try to break him out before cable can kill him. Right. Right. Yeah, so, and that's, that also came as by Black Tom, who's, you know, a major character in the comics yeah. as well. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty funny. Well, they're not very successful because basically everyone dies except for... I wouldn't. There's a, there's a wind advisory. There's right. A wind advisory. <laughs> they, they try to parachute out of a plane during, like, this high wind advisory. And... Um, Vanisher, like, hits an electric pole, and we see this brief cameo, and turns out Vanisher is Brad Pitt, who, ironically, was scheduled to play as Cable, but due to some conflicts, it didn't work out, so he got the role as Vanisher instead, but that was pretty funny, and uh, what was it, Zeitgeist vomits on somebody? Peter and yeah, Peter dies. Sick. Like oh. everyone dies except for a wood When somebody somebody went through a wood chipper, uh, Shatterstar, it was just yeah everybody dies except Domino who lands on the inflatable like was it a panda or something like that? <laughs> like one of those kids because she's because she's lucky. She's lucky, yeah. And we did not know. While Russell was in jail, he was forming this friendship with this mystery character. And we didn't know who that mystery character was until this scene when everything goes amok and there's a fight between Cable and Deadpool and Domino and this whole caravan just gets turned upside down and wrecks and then enters Juggernaut. And we find out that Juggernaut's been the friend of Russell this whole time and he comes out and like rips Deadpool in half and so we've got again once again somebody collecting Deadpool's body parts and stuffing them in a back sack and so that's Domino Domino has to come and carry Deadpool off so that he can heal again and that's when we see the part of the movie that everybody gets such a kick out of where he has to like grow basically a baby bum from his (laughs) torso yeah yeah. His bisected so. torso. Okay. Yeah. Or, you know, half torso. Okay. Uh, 
So talk about digestive upset. And was it was it what John Cusack movie was it? Say anything that uh, Deadpool goes with the radio and holds over his head. Yeah, was, say, was, anything. say anything. I think it was. Yeah, which is all you know one of you know one of my favorite childhood movies as well. Classic eighties callback. Yeah, <laughs> there was a lot of really cute Easter eggs in that movie. Um. How it all ends. So, in the end, Deadpool basically, like, wants... Russell is feeling, like, just alone in the world. And, like, nobody cares about him. And because he was abused by the headmaster, his whole, like, thought process is just consumed with going and getting revenge against the headmaster. And Cable knows that once he gets revenge and kills the headmaster that's that's going to give him a taste for it and that's what's going to turn him evil so cable goes and like meets with the x force before they go out and all get murdered basically and convinces them that you know this is what's going to happen this what's in this is what's in the future if we don't stop russell so even though everybody dies other than domino and deadpool they go in to try and stop Russell so that he doesn't get that first taste of a kill that causes him to spiral down this road of villainy. And so they meet up at the school again where Russell's going in to try and kill the headmaster. And he's got his juggernaut henchmen and we've got this awesome CGI scene, a fight between the juggernaut and Colossus, a lot of fun. What'd you think about that, Frankie? Oh, it was, it was exactly like you said. It was a lot of fun. You know, it was a great fight. So, you know, especially Colossus fighting dirty. Yeah, he is. for and the he, first time, finally, right? He's fighting dirty. Yeah. You know, and, you know, pantsy. And it was so that was a lot of fun. And then the you know the other two, you know, kick, helping out. But yeah, seeing Colossus fighting dirty, it was it was it was fun, right? Because. You know, Colossus is, is a very strong guy, but he's not Hulk class, right? And he's just not in the same fighting scene. But so that was a lot of fun. Um, he's not what? Hulk he's smash. not Hulk class. Hulk class strong. So right. Like, Who was it that they were referencing or that they were talking to during the speaking of the Hulk? Was it the Juggernaut where they were trying to calm him down by saying, "Hey, big guy, the sun's getting real, real low." <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh no, exactly. this isn't working. So we have like yeah. two kind of Hulk yeah, characters fighting each That's other. Pretty, like Scarlet Witch would say that to you yeah, know, the Hulk down. So, so yeah, they're they're ripping that off the the Avengers movies. Yeah, that was fun. It was a lot of fun. This movie was just fun. I really I love Deadpool movies. They're a blast. It's a great summer movie because you it's, you overlook all the, but I mean they even went back and like at the, you know all the so all the end well we won't have to jump ahead that's a jump ahead I was gonna say because they clean up a lot of the inconsistencies in all the special scenes oh yeah those are great I can't wait to talk about those yeah so but you know we say that there's nothing serious about these movies and they're they're a lot of fun but the movie is really all about family. And a love story. He and a love like, story. All he wants to do is be with Vanessa. Right. That's it. He's trying. He's okay. He's like, you know, you know, don't take the collar off. Just let me die. I'll, you know, I'm good. So, so yeah, at, at the end, so 
Cable gives Cable gives Deadpool thirty seconds to convince you know Russell not to become this maniac killer, and he doesn't really. <laughs> so so Cable goes to shoot shoot Russell, and you know, um, and the collar's back on on Deadpool, so he doesn't have his power anymore. And he jumps in front of the bullet, and he's he's laying there dying. And he gives the longest death speech ever. And I was like, "Good grief! <laughs> Is he gonna die?" Like, it, oh, it was it was so funny though. It was funny. It was so funny. I'm trying to remember. Like, I got kind of. It's been a while since I've seen this movie. We're doing this podcast really super late, but he put the collar back on to prove a point. Yeah, he put the collar back on to show. Why did he put the collar on? To oh, to take away his power to show like I don't know. He's doing everything he could to convince Russell not to do it, and Russell's like, "Do it! I'm killing him anyway." And then Cable reaches, you know, to shoot him, and he jumps in front of the bullet. But why did he decide to put that collar back on? Maybe it was to show Russell that look, you're going to have to kill me and, and you will be able to kill me because I have this collar back on. I can't remember. Right. That's horrible, but it's been that long. But, so yeah. And he gets shot and that's really the turning point for Russell is he realizes that Deadpool truly cared about him and that he did have someone that loved him and cared about him. And we see in the movie, at that point, Cable had been carrying around his daughter's teddy bear that was really singed and damaged and it becomes whole and new again after Deadpool gets shot and so we we realize at that point that he's altered the future and that hope is okay so Cable has one jump has one, one jump left to take him back to his family right and instead of using it to go back to his family, he uses it to save Deadpool by placing this coin that I think Vanessa had given him that he had taken from him in the prison mm -hmm. in the spot where he would have gotten shot and which saves his life. Yes. And so that's pretty much where we end, right? Well, they keep referencing, that is where we end, but they keep referencing, throughout the thing, they're always referencing X-Force. So, you know, the, you know, that's the X-Force team. So I think there's going to be an X-Force movie very much in line with Suicide Squad. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. And that should be fun. That should be a lot of fun. <laughs> is it me, or do y'all find time travel plot devices really messy? Yeah, totally. And oh, they are messy. They're very messy. I don't and like them, generally speaking. It's not that I'm not going to go see Deadpool because of a, this plot device, but just in general, I'm not a fan of time travel movies. Like they just sort of annoy me. Because like if you are changing one thing, then wouldn't that have this massive follow-on effect? And if the if the uh, I can't even say it. The teddy bear turns whole again. Then, then 
did Cable actually go back in time? Where's Cable? And it just, oh, it just blows my mind because I get lost in this never-ending loop of what's happening it's in these time travel things. It's not only messy, but it's also just such an easy out. Yeah, it's a deus ex machina in a lot of ways, right? It's yeah. the God comes down and fixes everything. Yeah. And it's just unsat inherently unsatisfying for me. But oh, uh, you don't want to watch the end credits because that's all he does. The end credits, <laughs> the end credits are hilarious. But are some hilarious. other fun and interesting facts about the movie uh, that I wanted to point out is, did you catch the Matt Damon cameo, Frankie? Oh, because what's the, what's the feud between those two? It's like the two rednecks. He's redneck number two. Right. And I totally missed this until I did some research after the movie. So if you didn't realize that, then I'm listeners out there, Matt Damon, was actually, he actually made a cameo, which he's been doing a lot of lately. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. By the way, Matt Damon... The actor that made the, the cameo, like, yeah, because he played Loki in Thor Ragnarok. He played the actor that played Loki. Um, somebody went in and was asking if he made it, like, because they killed half of the Asgardians. They said, did he make it? And the guy was like, no, he's one of the ones that died. So they, went, they were going through and they were asking the different people that made it. And unfortunately, Matt Damon's actor character did not make it from the Asgard arc. He, he was one of the ones that died. But, Aww. sorry. Yes. <laughs> Broken heart. Also, Brianna Hildebrand, who played Negasonic Teenage Warhead, mm -hmm. could we have possibly seen the first openly gay superhero in yeah, this movie? I think so. I don't think I've ever seen one I read somewhere this movie. That, I think I read somewhere that she is. And, and it's, and interestingly enough, this is Pride Month, so there you go. Well, there you go. That was yeah. cool. And then we find that Deadpool did indeed hide the cure for blindness and cocaine in the floorboards of his roommate's house in this movie. You remember when he told his roommate, Leslie Uggams? Uh -huh. I forget her what his roommate's name was, but her real life name is Leslie Uggams. He told her that he had hi hid, hid the cure for blindness and cocaine in the floorboards of the house somewhere. Well, in this Deadpool 2, we see that he really did do that. That was fun. And, the, the, oh my gosh, all the different scenes between the love scenes between Deadpool and Colossus. Oh, like, those are hilarious. <laughs> uh, they just cracked me up. But, so, a lot of fun stuff. But, what do you want to talk about the post-credits now, Frankie? I know we've been talking about it, like, yeah. waiting, waiting. But, yeah, tell me, what did you think about the post-credits? I, I mean, the post-credits, they were hilarious. I mean, the... um. The scene, I mean, my favorite will be when he, you know, Ryan Reynolds is looking at the script to Green Lantern and he comes up like, <laughs> <laughs> Ryan Reynolds is like, big time, he's like, boom, he's like, you're welcome, Canada. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he shoots, Deadpool shoots Ryan Reynolds while he's looking over the Green Lantern script and it's presumably oh to prevent him from ever creating or doing that disaster of a movie and did you see what warner brothers did in response oh, uh, to that they wanted the ring back or something yeah. right? <laughs> they did they did I yeah. remember that was hilarious and reynolds responds with, with a joke about how they should have used a nuva ring yes and they <laughs> wouldn't be in that mess in the first place that was so funny 
Um, what was the other one? We see like Hugh Jackman. Yeah, Hugh Jackman, Wolverine, oh, getting ready. They Which kill is- the Deadpool. He kills the Deadpool that everybody hates that was in X-Men Origins. Yeah, with the mouth sewn so, so shut. Yeah. yeah, nobody liked that Deadpool. So he gets yeah. killed. And he's like, just cleaning up the timelines. <laughs> I loved it. I loved the post-credit scenes were awesome. Was there anything else? Uh, I think that was it. Was it yeah. just the two? Oh, um, well, they, he goes back in, in, in the, instead of the, you know, the, the paradise landed in the doorway, it kills the guy. Remember, remember the movie starts out with the pear knife being stuck in the door, the pear, like the spread knife or whatever that kind of. Oh knife. yeah, yeah, yeah. Instead of it being in, in stuck in the doorway, he kills the guy. So wouldn't yeah. the be alive now? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Oh. So is that oh. a plot hole for the next one? So Vanessa can Maybe. come back and make no, another it's... and make another love story. I didn't think about that, but that's a possibility, right. I guess. Yeah, so Vanessa has to live because he takes it goes from being you know he make he makes the hit so Vanessa would be alive oh. so there is supposed to be well Sally and I've been I haven't researched recently but Sally and I've received like conflicting mm-hmm. stories about there's going to be a Deadpool 3 have you heard anything about that Frankie it's made enough money there's going to be a Deadpool 3 I think so too okay what I heard was that Ryan Reynolds said that he thought that Deadpool's solo story was done and that going forward it would be more about X-Men X-Force like Deadpool will be folded into the broader ensemble films but I I, feel like they follow the path of like because Iron Man came out before the Avengers Mm mm-hmm right and then they do you know two, a couple of Iron Man, you know, and then the yes. Avengers. Now Iron Man is pretty much just an Avenger. Doesn't have solo Iron movies. That's fine. That's fine if they if they go that path. That works. And that that's what I have heard. But they're that they don't necessarily have any more Deadpool solo movies in the works. But I wouldn't bet a dime on that. I just think I, I read something about that. Like he tweeted something about. I don't remember exactly. So. And that hasn't been super recently, so things could change. You know, well, they, will, they will do their market research. Yeah, and exactly. They will figure out how. <laughs> yeah, let's just be honest. Okay, now is Deadpool? Deadpool's not Disney, is it, or is it Sony, or it Fox? Is it Fox? Actually, <coughs> Deadpool is securely in the X Men universe. Yeah, so that, I think that's right. So yeah, so that's why, yeah, he has to be Fox because he is solely he is solely under the X Men umbrella. Okay, so I'm going to ask a, a question, and I don't think I've asked this on the podcast before, but I know I haven't asked it to Frankie. If you had to come up with a team of three X Men with you to go up against, say, Thanos. Who would you choose? Or not necessarily X-Men, but anyone in the Marvel Universe. Who would you choose? What three people would be on your team? Against Thanos. Yes. With the Infinity uh, Gauntlet. And you could use the, any of them. You could use any of them. Like, you could use Deadpool if you want to, or Colossus, or whatever. But anyone in the Marvel Universe, who would you pick to... Who would you pick as your dream team? Have I asked this uh, question, Melissa? I don't think you have. Okay. I, 
I don't know. Give me a second. So I would take Silver Surfer. Why? He's got the cosmic power. You know, he's been so. I mean, if I, I mean, can I take Galactus? I mean, how big can I go? Anyone in the Marvel universe. So if I can go as big as I want, I'm gonna take Eternity. Who's it? Only three. Only three. Okay, I'll take Eternity. Who's a physical embodiment of the entire universe. Um, I'll take Death, and I'll take Galactus. <laughs> okay, so no one we've seen in the movies. Got it. <laughs> I mean, okay, so that's what I said. So do I, how big can I go? So, I mean, people you've seen would be Silver Surfer. Okay. Um, I would throw Captain Marvel in there. It's because I'm throwing, like, what level? I mean, could I take, because would you say Odin is more powerful than Thor? I wouldn't anymore, but anyway, go ahead. You did. You uh, I mean, so I'll, so if I take, I'd take, I mean, there's a guy called Quasar is pretty powerful. There's people that we've seen mm-hmm. or reference. I'll take Captain Marvel. I'll take Silver Surfer because I'm yes. borrowing from that. <laughs> um, and, well, we have, well, I guess we haven't seen Captain Marvel. But you could pick Captain Marvel. Saw, saw this, I could take Captain Marvel because we know. You can take Captain Marvel. We know that's coming. And, ooh. And I'm taking, I'm taking, uh, what's, what's Thor's sister's name? She's more powerful than Thor. You're taking Hela. No, but Hela. I'm taking Hela. I'm taking Hela. But isn't Hela, didn't she die though when they destroyed? No, she's, no, she's we don't know. Asgard. They destroyed, know. they destroyed Asgard. No, yeah. her and that guy are still fighting. They're going to fight to eternity in Asgard. Probably. Well, Asgard's done though. Oh, so she can take a break and she can come fight Thanos. Okay, well, Melissa, who's your team? Who's your dream uh, team? Phoenix, Captain America, and Thor. Just Captain because. America? I mean, not Captain America. Sorry, okay, Captain Marvel. Ice- Gosh, I've heard Sally say Captain America so candy? many times. Huh? You just want some eye candy? Is that what it is? Yeah. I'm taking eye candy all day. No, no, it's not just about eye candy, but they are, I mean, Phoenix is legitimately one of the most powerful and so is Captain Marvel and Thor. I think that's a good team and they're smart. They're not just like Hulk smash. They're intelligent thinking superheroes. So that's my dream team. Yeah, Captain Marvel, Phoenix, and Thor. It's a great de- team, dream team. Good enough. Just curious. How about you, Sally? Oh, I don't know. Um, this would be easier for me if it were in a universe that I was more familiar with. Um, on the basis of what I've heard about her, I would take Captain Marvel. I would also take... You know, I think I th- I think I take Thor, which kind of I, I I think I take Thor, and just because I need eye candy, I would take Captain America too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just like to look at him, so I, I'd take Captain America purely on the basis of wow, he looks he looks nice. So yeah, there you go. That would be my dream team. <laughs> and, and, but you know what? I always think that you need a moral center, and I think that he has. Thor that. is really good for that too. Yeah. I, I think that so, Captain another America reason I chose him. So mm-hmm. I, I like him for those reasons as well, um, and that's the reason why, I, for instance, I wouldn't take Iron Man. I don't think he has the same kind of moral compass. 
that that Captain America does. So, Frankie, are you disagreeing with me or saying? No, he definitely. I'm agree. He definitely does not have the moral compass of Captain America. So yeah, that's that on a purely superficial objectification level, Captain America. <laughs> but on the basis of, I really feel like a team kind of needs someone to be a a moral compass kind of thing. I think Captain America would be the guy that I would pick for that. So anyway, I want to ask what. So, which do you think have been better, the last three Star Wars films? Are the last three Marvel films? What Marvel I... mean? No, and so I guess I'll and I'll say Marvel meaning Avengers, maybe Thor Ragnarok, like that line. My head just exploded. I can't. Wait, what are you asking <laughs> me? What are you asking me again? Well, well, Which... you know, we, so take the last like three Star Wars films. Are we ex- and like the the last like three Marvel meaning and I'm meaning like the Disney Marvel because they're both the same you know yeah, Disney yeah, yeah. both so what are you asking me which which is better Marvel or Star Wars last three okay so are we excluding the Force Awakens or no no that's the Force Awakens so that's number four in the last so yeah the so the Force Awakens would be so you can go back that far. So take from the reboot, The Force Awakens, and then and then you'll take the last four Mar- Marvel films. Which do I think are better films? Or which are, which are better, more enjoyable? Like, yeah, like oh, what's better? For me, I personally enjoy the Star Wars films more. Although I tend because I. I like the Star Wars films because I find more things of narrative interest in them. Whereas with the Marvel films, I enjoy those more for just kind of pop culture, culture, summer fun kind of thing. Just like for me, those movies are more fun than they are deeply narrative. And, And to me, the Star Wars films have a lot deeper narrative in them. But that's me. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I mean, just for fun, hey, throw in a Marvel movie. So which is more, so, so you like, you, you like the Star Wars movies, but so would you say that Marvel movies are more enjoyable though? I would say that Marvel movies don't have as much meaning, at least for me. They don't have as much meaning. And that's, that, that's as, that's as far as I'm going to If you want to go in for some brain candy, Marvel's Marvel. your way. But if you want to go in for something that's kind of a little more thought-provoking than Star Wars. Right. Period. Right. And, and, and that's just how, I mean, I, I can't qualify that anymore. Like, I, and I go to superhero films to enjoy myself. Time. Yeah, I don't go to superhero films. That's a hard fi- question. Like, yeah. it's hard to compare those two They're films. different. They're so yeah. different. They and, are so different. And... I, so yeah, when I go to a superhero film, this is not for me to deal with serious social issues or deal with difficult family things. I go in for wow, that was a really cool explosion. <laughs> Did you just see that? Holy cow! She just ripped Thor's eye out. Oh my god! Yeah, that's why I go for that. And then what is that massive ship that just 
flew in front of the Asgardian Ark. You know, that's why I go in for that. I don't go in for, you know, narrative. A life lesson. Yeah, myth stuff and, you know, mythological things, even though the superhero movies are very mythologically based. And I did want to ask, Melissa, Mm -hmm. we have said in the past, you know, what's our lesson of the day? Is there a lesson from Deadpool? You know, don't smoke around explosives. What's our lesson for the day? (laughs) Um, Family's not an F word, which is the lesson that they are trying to convey. And that, you know, family can be anyone. That is very true. Very true. It is. It is very much a family film. Yeah, it is. Yeah, and I could argue with Frankie about some right, right, (laughs) (laughs) right, right, right. Well, I mean, I could argue with Frankie about family films and and family on a couple other things too. But that that's interesting. Okay, so family is not an F word. Is the lesson of the day? Yes, and most of the time can be anyone. They don't have to be blood. They don't have to be blood. Yeah. Sometimes family is a bit of an F word. Sometimes. <laughs> sometimes. Family, family, definitely. Word. Yeah, we we've all had moments where we're like, "What? What is happening?" <laughs> when it comes to family, what's happening? How is this happening? But yeah. well, Sally, you need to go see it. I know. I, I well, here's the thing: three offspring under ten and under. It makes it a challenge. I yeah, get it. I mean, and it's but, just not fair for me to be like, oh, I'm going to cut out and go to the movies. It's not fair to my husband. So I try not to do that to him too much. So, But I definitely give it two thumbs up and recommend it highly. And Frankie? Absolutely. Two thumbs up. Everybody should go see it. It is everybody except for kids. No kids. Right. <laughs> Adults should make a point to go see this movie. Well, now. but I, I think I would do better with it honestly on DVD where I can kind of pause the gore for a minute <laughs> and walk yeah. away cuz uh, I'm a definite scenes like it's, yeah. uh, there's some scenes where it's just they just like for the point of just being gory. It is gory. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. I just pretty brutal. Yeah. Yeah, like Jen does not watch Deadpool. My wife Jen does not watch Deadpool. She cannot handle it. It's not her it's not her thing, but uh she's missing out, but I understand. Yeah. In real life, I couldn't handle that either. This is why I could never be a doctor or any of that. I faint a sight of blood, for real. <laughs> but somehow I can tolerate it on TV. My daughter does, too. Did you know that? No. It's... At three, she skinned her knee at daycare, passed out, hit her head on a desk. Um, recently, I think it was it was something to do with her... Something to do with her ears, I think. I don't know. Like, she got her ears pierced. She was walking down the hall, and then all of a sudden, she's face plants. Yeah, it's on the Face plants on the hardwood floor. And I'm like, what just happened? And I go in there, and I'm like, are you okay? And she's like, yeah. And I said, do you remember fall? Because I thought she just fell. And she, no, she had passed out. Mm-hmm. She had, no, she she lost a tooth. She oh my no, she already wow. lost the tooth. It was a baby. Oh. She already lost oh. it. And, oh, and she... so, no, and the blood from the tooth is what made her faint Pass and just out. face plant. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like baby. And she she gets up and she's like, "Where's the tooth?" And I'm like, "Did you just pass out?" But yeah. So apparently that's an, an affliction that my child shares with you. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's interesting. Yeah. You get that whole, like, 
buzzing noise in your ears when you see blood and then it's like the room starts closing in like darkness starts coming in and then the next thing you know out no that didn't happen to me so don't ever get cut or hurt in front of me because i would be zero help see and i I could never murder anybody because i would be like passed out on the scene (laughs) when the cops get there We're, okay. we're, we're, no, okay. we're pretty sure she's the perpetrator. We found her passed out with the gun in her hand on the scene. Oh. <laughs> no, yeah. I, yeah, no, you're going to have to hire somebody out to do your dirty work. Yeah. Sorry, hon. <laughs> anyway, well, this Sorry. was fun. I love it when Frankie comes to play with us. So you need to do that more often, Frankie. Mm-hmm. And... I guess that's about all. You know, I love I love hanging out with you guys. I mean, it's just like you know, a reunion. So yeah, gosh, totally. Speaking of reunions, I oh crap! I left it at your mom's house, Melissa. The picture that I'm supposed to get back. We have a framed picture from our ten year reunion reunion that Sally has taken back to our hometown and supposed to get into the hands of somebody who really might want to have it. So yeah. Yeah, but the picture like we took the, at the thing, museum or the high school or somewhere like that, so. repeats itself. But anyway, all right. So, thank you for tuning in to our podcast this evening. I am on Twitter and on Tumblr as Palmetto Blue, and Melissa, where can they find you? I am on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and all the things, uh, Paxi Babe. Okay, and Frankie, you don't have any, like, pseudonym for your social media, so I'm not going to ask you to hand yours out, but you can find the podcast, as usual, on Facebook at Say When Podcast, or you can email the podcast at saywhenpodcast at gmail.com. If you have any questions for us or comments that you'd like for us to address on mic, I will sign off this evening saying, may the force be with you. Frankie, how did you want to sign off? Peace and love, everybody. Peace and love. I like that. And Melissa? Truth and justice. Bye, y'all. Bye. Bye.